Hi everyone, thanks for joining me today. Level up with me, Lindy Pearson. I have a very special guest today. Uh, our topic is HR. And we're gonna talk about how HR motivates workers to perform at the highest level possible, maintain an organizational culture, high morale, adds value to the company by developing leaders and training employees, administrative services, recruitment, working with issues of motivation, engagement, learning solutions, helping employees develop as individuals, the whole kit and caboodle. So I have a self-proclaimed people and culture geek with over 13 years experience in all facets of human resources. Also Pepperdine graduate. Without further ado, Ms. Maria Cordova, president and founder of Humanage HR. Hi, Lindy. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks Happy for coming here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so, I um, wanted to just kind of learn a little bit more about how you got into the industry. You have 13 years experience, and now you have your own company. Tell me, how'd you get started? Yeah, you know, I feel like in the field of HR, there's we either get into this field one of two ways. Either we choose it, and we go that direction with you know, education, or we kind of fall into it and fall in love with it, and that's me. Uh, I started as, I was an executive assistant for a firm in downtown LA, and I was reporting directly to in-house legal counsel, who at the time was handling a lot of the HR. Well, the organization in two years went from 50 to 150 people, so it was high growth. And so she started mentoring me and really, you know, challenged me to take on some of the HR tasks little by little. And I just found that I really liked it. And so, yeah, I ended up just uh, learning as much as I could, soaking up, soaking everything up. And from there went to a startup and was thrown into situations I probably shouldn't have been thrown into so early in my career. But, but you know, you, you learn and I'm a question asker. And so I had a lot of good attorneys uh, in my contacts that I was able to reach out to whenever I was having uh, issues. Experts finding more experts. I like it. I like it. Um, so when did you start Humanage HR? Uh, six years ago. Six years ago. And how has that been, you know, in terms of, I'm sure like getting something off the ground, having your passion intertwined with everything and making it a profitable business and then having something like this happen. Um, how, how has that journey been for you? It's been a wild ride. You know, you start a business, it's so scary and exciting at the same time. You just have all these emotions mixed up and every day is new and different and you don't really sleep a whole lot and you stress a lot in the beginning. <laughs> and you know, you, you work hours upon hours and weekends and then you kind of get into the group of things and I think things just kind of organically grow. You learn um, from each client and you learn you know, what works, what doesn't work, and you learn from your mistakes, and that's kind of like how it's been. I've been really lucky um, to work with some amazing clients, and so yeah, it's been a fun ride. You know, I think COVID obviously has been interesting. It's been really difficult for employers, and so, you know, March and April was just a lot of uh, chaos and panic, and now it's just okay, you know, I feel it really felt like called to serve and how can I support you through this? And so 
a lot of the conversations now are around, you know, obviously, yeah. what does work, what does work look like now in this, in this climate? So, yeah. What, what's your favorite kind of client? Favorite kind of client? My favorite kind of clients, well, I should probably talk about kind of what size clients I deal with, maybe. Oh, so just yeah. back it up a little bit. So my typical client size is anywhere from two employees to, to 200. In fact, I've worked with startups that are just hiring their first employee, so it just depends. Um, my favorite kind of client is one that knows they need support and is ready to listen and be open to, you know, suggestions and just ideas on how to make the workplace better. So I think my ideal client is just somebody who knows that investing in employees is going to help the organization success in the long run. And there is, it is going to impact their bottom line. It does make a difference. Absolutely. Um, you know, throughout the years, I've talked to many people about HR and it's kind of funny. You know, we have, we have five generations in the workforce right now. And I feel like we all kind of have our own idea of what HR is. Uh, when I was younger, I worked for my family, and uh, the HR person was my grandfather. He's also the owner. He's also the end-all of everything. So when uh, HR called me into his office and I had to walk down that long hallway, um, I've, you know, I've made references. It was like going to the principal's office or like getting in trouble because, oh, no, what did I do wrong? Uh, and I think we've come a long way since then. So uh, what, what's like the biggest thing that, that you think people don't really understand what you do, you personally in your firm? Because some people think of it more as payroll, some, some people think of it as work culture, some, some people even go as far as coaching, you know, training and stuff. Yeah, I think the biggest thing maybe that some folks don't understand, I do, I do think that more and more leaders are get, coming to understand the importance of HR and really how multifaceted it is and how much more it is than just compliance, hiring, and firing. I think that maybe what some folks don't realize if they're not in this field is that they like the creative design aspect of HR. So for those of us who are in this field, we're really thinking about, you know, building a workplace that doesn't suck. I mean, that's just, it's, how do we make it a human workplace? We're always thinking about changes and initiatives and, you know, ways that we create, can create to help an organization attract and motivate and retain the talent they need to be successful. So, yeah, this can be anything from, you know, the candidate experience, how do they feel during the interview process, and to onboarding and how welcome do people feel, and training and development and giving them a platform to really like show up and take risks and have a voice and be themselves and create and contribute. Um, I think That's that those important. are just, there's a lot of layers to, to, to HR. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so I was, I was hoping to get into our little role play, um, something that I like to do, and I'm going to pretty much ask you some questions in regards to maybe what like other business owners are thinking about during this time, and also just kind of incorporate some of the things um, of how you differentiate yourself in the many layers. So okay. I'm going to put my business owner hat on, and the first question is... 
Usually when you're experiencing growth or compliance issues or, you know, your time, not attracting the right type of talent, uncertainty has crept in, you know it's time for HR to step in. What are some other categories that people don't think about for HR? So we kind of, you know, talked about this. Um, What are, you know, what are some of the things? Other categories. Yeah, I mean, I really think it's, it's, it, it all comes down to the employee experience, right? What is the workplace like? What are employees saying about you to their friends and family? I mean, we have these platforms now like Glassdoor where folks are talking and candidates are interviewing you just as much as you're interviewing them. You might be, you know, you know, like, researching them or stalking on their social media, but which really you're not supposed to do, but folks do it, right? If you're, if your social media is not private, though, your employees might be looking and the candidates are doing the same thing. They're researching organizations. They want to know more about your culture. They want to know what it's like to work there, but they want to hear from other employees. They want to get a realistic you know, idea. And so they're doing the research. Um, so your actions really do matter. What, what is your favorite part of the HR? I know it's kind of like, you're not allowed to ask a mom who her favorite kid is. Um, but like, what, what is it that, that puts that like passionate side? Cause every time you talk about stuff, no matter where you are, no matter where I've seen you, your face lights up. I mean, you really, you really do like it hits home for you to make sure that people are, you know, going to work or I shouldn't say that anymore, working from wherever they are working, but make sure that, that they get, they get satisfaction, that they get respect that, you know, that productivity, you know, is high. What's your favorite? Oh my gosh. That's like a really loaded question. It's really hard to unpack what my favorite thing is. I guess. Favorite thing today. It can change. I think, I mean, I think in what I do, my favorite part is watching, watching what we put forward, like the initiatives we put forward make a difference. So like, I, I mean, I've literally seen with clients who have, like 50% turnover in the first 90 days. And we, we have to get down to the bottom of it. Like, why is this happening? What is their experience and how can we do better? And a lot of that is involving the employees. So I think involving the employees in the process, right? So um, changing that around, doing things that'll make onboarding, you know, better experience, better training, um, help them feel welcome. So those kind of things, and then watching that over time reduce turnover and change morale, and you know, you just you hear it from people, and that's feeling right. Yeah, that's like what's rewarding, and then the clients, obviously, who's so grateful, and the, the my one of my favorite things is just getting an email or like sometimes they'll even put a note in the check and say, I'm, "I appreciate you so much." Like, I don't know what I would do without you. Thank you so much. One of my clients calls me her binky. <laughs> it's, you know, it's just knowing that they that you're appreciated. Yeah. And so I think it is a little bit different being a consultant because, you know, they, they want you to come in. They don't always know what they need you for, but they know that they need you. And eventually when they see the impact, they really kind of, it's, 
the person you use. It, it is yeah. a different experience being in-house because I've been both, right, in-house HR and consulting, so. Right on. Okay, so your superpower, besides since we already know that you're a badass HR pro, um, tell me, tell me. Uh, my superpower. I, I mean, I would think that it's like, for me, one of my values is integrity. And so I always try to keep it real. I operate from the heart. Like I don't know how to do it really any other way. So I really try to listen. I've practiced active listening because I wasn't always so great at that. So um, I really just try to be, you know, more vulnerable and listen. It helps people connect I think more authentically and deeply with me and um, you know, my clients, they, they like they're business owners, they're entrepreneurs, they're leaders. They, they want to feel heard and understood. Right. And then they want guidance. They want guidance to come from that conversation and they want real action behind that guidance. So for me, I want to see, you know, their businesses succeed. I want to see other people succeed. Um, and then like on a personal side, I like to see people succeed and especially those who have struggled, you know, who were dealt crappy cards in life. Um, so I actually, uh, I, I volunteer now at a nonprofit organization. They're called Chrysalis. And so they have like case management. They have a whole job readiness program. Um, they help folks overcome barriers to reentering the workforce. And so it's really rewarding getting to help those folks and help them, you know, create a resume for the first time or first time in a long time. So and that's so yeah, important. yeah. Um, I I think for even just for me, if I'm not comfortable, if I don't have help doing something, then I probably won't be motivated to do it. You know, I feel like some of the homeless people on the street have you watched any of that stuff there's um oh man i cannot remember his name but he is a barber and he takes homeless people from the street he cleans them up he helps them you know do a resume he's not a professional at all but just helps them gives them that that little aid and they end up finding jobs and with jobs comes confidence and and you know enters back into society which is a very hard thing to do I commend you on that, Maria. That that's that's awesome. How long have you been involved with them? Uh, fairly new. So I actually started with them just before COVID and started doing some shadowing in like you know practice interviews and right. uh, resume building. And then COVID hit, and they had to totally pivot and figure out how to do things remotely. So it's a whole different ballgame now. Like. We have to do everything remote. A lot of these folks, they don't have access to computers, so we do everything um, over the phone. So it's been it's been an interesting process, yeah. That's tough. Anyways, thank you for doing that. We need more people like you. Community-driven, let's do this. Um, <laughs> so what should employ employers be thinking about in this climate? Another loaded question. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. I think, you know, employers are stressed right now. They're most likely they're, you know, they're worried, worried about their, yeah, they're worried about their business. They have their own families, their own personal life. 
Um, I think it's important for them, too, to understand that just like they are stressed and worried, so are their employees. They might be stressed, they might be fearful, anxious, you know, they might be frustrated, experiencing grief, maybe they lost somebody to COVID, um, you know, they might have burnout themselves and their parents and maybe they're working from home and trying to home- homeschool kids remotely. It's I know you know about that. That's <laughs> true. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, all I got to worry about is my dog, like, <laughs> not begging me for treats throughout the day, but it's, it's, yeah, I can't imagine. It's really tough. So I think that now, like, really is a time to communicate with employees, like, show up, have those difficult conversations, be somewhat vulnerable, you know, creating feedback loops is super important. Check in on your people, just see how they're doing, you know, what do you need? Um, and then beyond COVID safety concerns, I think, employers really should not ignore the racial injustices that are continuing to happen. Um, It's always been there, the veil has just been lifted and employers haven't already considered diversity, equity, inclusion before now. Now is the time to do it. Um, So I'd say, you know, center and lift up the voices of the marginalized in your organization, you know, revisit your diversity, equity, inclusion efforts. Just take a look at things. Take a look at the big picture. Does everybody have an equal opportunity to grow? You know, who, who moves up in your organization? What does leadership look like? How do you celebrate success? Like, do you talk about and value civility in the workplace? You know, I think that those are all things that are really important to think about right now. That's a Absolutely. lot. But. <laughs> Absolutely. I, you know, I, um, as you know, I do tenant rep, and most of the people who I'm around are um, older gentlemen. And there, there are times where I, you know, this is obviously before COVID, but I walk into a room and it's like all men, and I'm thinking, okay, well, what can I possibly have to say here when they're all, you know, talking, you know, maybe sports or maybe um, something that just doesn't really interest me? Okay. How am I going to make an impact? How am I going to do this? And it's like going through the threshold, but not everyone can do that all the time, nor should they have to. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, Our next question is authenticity. You, you mentioned that a lot and I think it's really important. Um, If you're not genuine and you don't, you don't have a sincere passion then you either need to find a new career or find a new hobby or do something different because it really it really does show in everything you do, the way you treat people. And I mean, even your business, six years old and already profitable. Like that's like a great, great, great congratulations, Mazel. Like really good news, you know? So how do you how do you use all of your stuff and help other leaders? Like you know, I always say things like leaders lifting leaders kind of thing. Um, how, how do you do that? Because you are inspirational. Your energy is contagious. You're, you're, you always have such a great attitude. And, you know, you have to go into situations that might not always be great. And that's why they've hired you. How do you help? Yeah, them? thanks, Lydia. Yeah, I, I, I feel like this is could be a really long conversation, so I'll try to maybe uh, maybe just bring up like one example, right? I think yeah. that, I think I talked about a little bit about listening before. So 
definitely really listening to them and figure out what are the challenges they're having. And one challenge that I found is like a very common theme is leaders oftentimes don't either don't know how or want to avoid having difficult conversations with employees. Maybe it's about performance or behavior issues that they're noticing. And so because they're not sure how to address it or they want to avoid confrontation, like they just avoid it altogether. And then the issue doesn't get addressed. And then before they know it, their blood is boiling about this person who continues to do the same thing that they don't know that there's even a problem. And it becomes like a bigger issue. And then they'll call me and say, I want to fire this person. And I'm like, okay, what have we done up until this point? So I think part of that is just me kind of helping them navigate these conversations, giving them tools on how to have those difficult conversations. And like, yeah, just... I mean, that, that, that right there can spill into everything in your entire life. I mean, you have difficult conversations with your children. I have teenagers. It's a difficult conversation almost every time. Um, and there's, there's things, you know, my husband and I, we're, we're partners in business. We're partners in everything. And, you know, sometimes you're just not in a good mood or the other person is in a good mood. So, you know, having, coming from an understanding, uh, you know, empathetic standpoint is, I think, really important because when you when you come from again authenticity, um, you can really feel it, and it's not like coming at someone; it's coming to them. That you're yeah. together. Yeah, I think the timing is right. Like, if you feel like your heart is racing because you're so upset at this person, you know, uh, just take a walk or hold off. Don't have that conversation yet, right? Just like you wouldn't like with your yeah. kids or your partner. Like, just hold off until you're cooled down, you can gather your thoughts, and then you're in a place where you can have that conversation, right? And just yeah. um, just be, be, be honest about the issue and approach it from a place of, I want to help you, I want to see you succeed, and this is why I'm going to give you this feedback. Here's what I noticed. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about how we need to, you know, see this change or improve. So I think that that's, you know... You approach it that way it's not so scary yeah yeah I agree um, so what are you working on right now and how do you see the cult the work culture bouncing back from COVID hmm what I'm working on right now yeah so like relatively relatively speaking you know in the last six months what what have you been working on that's pandemic related where it can you know kind of like foster the light at you know the end of the tunnel yeah I mean a lot that's COVID related is COVID safety planning okay it's you know whether it's bringing people back to work or some folks who've just been essential but haven't really put together a real actual plan there's a lot to consider when it has to do with COVID and um, I I know I think we're probably going to talk about that in a bit but uh, there's just a lot to think about and having stuff in writing and communicating like right now, a lot of what I'm working on is the communication plan and how, how can we keep that open channel if people are working remotely or if people are coming to work and they're scared. And so a lot of that is just open communication about like what's happening and what are we doing to keep you safe and what are we doing to keep us, productive and 
you know, to get working together as a team if we're working remotely. So yeah, a lot of that is just like, it, it just depends on if the business has people working remotely or if they have people coming into work or if they're planning on coming into work, right? So it's a lot of those types of conversations, um, including people who have been tested COVID positive or have been exposed to people over the weekend that have tested positive and what do you do? So a lot of the conversations since March have been about yeah. that. You know, I, I feel like, you know, back in the day, if you had a sniffle or you had a cough, it was fine. You just, you just came into work and you just, you just, you know, continued with your day. Nowadays, I feel like if a coworker, which we work out of a really small satellite office, thank goodness. Um, but if a coworker is going to be sneezing and coughing and it's like, you need to go home, buddy, for two weeks. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's a real game changer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, you use a quote uh, that's, that I found on your website and says, I've learned that people will forget what you say, said, pardon me, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And um, I, I say this, this mentality is so perfect for what we're going through now and how we're treating others and how we're taking the time. So how do you braid this into your business? And how you run. Yeah, you know, I've always loved that quote, my Angelo, I think, um, just hits hits it right. Uh, what is that expression? The hammer on the nail on the head or something? <laughs> nail on the head, yeah. It's, it's so true because if you were, like, let's say, Linda, you're in a meeting, and in this meeting, somebody just keeps interrupting you and talking over you. And then at the end of the meeting, praises you for all your hard work and what a great job you did or a project. When you walk away from that meeting, what are you going to remember about that person? Not the compliment. You're going to remember that they humiliated you, minimized you, talked over you, interrupted you. Like that's what you're going to remember. Right. Um, so I think it's important to remind ourselves of like, it forces us to ask like, who do we want to, who do we want to be and how do we want people to remember us? So yeah. I think it's a good reminder. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, okay, so work workplace survey. I've done, Rick and I did a return to the workplace survey. Everyone loved it, who we sent it out to. I put it on some of my social media and LinkedIn. I've had multiple people email me, hey, can I have a copy of that? We put it in our newsletter. Um, we really kind of put it out to everyone, and it's, it's amazing. You already know this, but to our listeners, it's amazing how many people just simply want to be heard. How many people want to have their way of thinking, their comfort level, their fear, you know, to be addressed and to be able to be, you know, productive and happy while you're doing it. Because what's the point of being miserable at your job, you know? So 100%. Yeah. I know I you've, you've done surveys. Um, I just want to know, um, can you talk about the, import the importance of surveys, how they're making a difference, and should employers be doing them right now? Um, you know how I feel about it, but how do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, first I want to commend you for doing a survey because, I mean, it's so important, especially when it comes to what you're talking, what you did it for and returning to the workplace. 
um, helps you hear what people's fears are and address them, right? So, and it's, it's involving your people, which is one of the important reasons why you do a survey is to hear from your people and involve them in the process with making improvements. So like right now it's so important to do this. You know, we talked a little bit about like your employees are counting on you right now. You know, they might be anxious, afraid, frustrated. You know, they could feel if they're, if they're working remotely and they might feel isolated or disconnected from their teams. So now is like a really important time. I'm having a lot of conversations. In fact, I just wrote a blog about uh, whether you should do surveys right now. Um, and so where, where do you find that? Do you find that on your um, website? Yes, on my website. Yes. And you can also subscribe to the newsletter when you go to my, my website. And a lot of times I'll also share um, on LinkedIn as well. And is that just humanagehr.com? Yeah, I would go to my personal one. Uh, I'm, I'm like, confess I'm not so great about keeping up with all my social media pages. I need to hire somebody to do that. But yeah, so I think right now it's, you know, we, we need to hear from people. Um, we need to give them a voice. And so it's just, you know, it's got to, you're going to, when you get feedback, it, it makes sure people feel included in the process. Um, it's going to surface kind of like what's happening in your organization and highlight your strengths and that you can maybe leverage and identify challenges that you have to address. Um, and it's going to help you navigate this, this climate and give you some guidance for, you know, how to be successful. One thing I have to say about surveys is please, please, please do not do them if you're not ready to take the advice and the feedback and do something with it because it is so harmful for morale. If you're asking for people to be vulnerable, even if it's, you know, anonymous, people are still especially in a smaller organization, they kind of figure they're going to know who I am by my answers. They're going to figure it out through deduction. So people are putting themselves out there and sharing with you. So please don't do them if you're not ready to take action, like really quickly share some of the key results with your people, involve them in the process, and share with them what you're going to do with the information that they share. So that's Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, perception is everything. And, you know, right now, people, you know, unfortunately, are being laid off, or, you know, they don't know whether to go back to work because they're on furlough, and they're making more money doing that. I mean, there's, there's, you know, restaurants, there's business owners in the office and industrial space. I mean, it's like everywhere that there's just like you said, you've got to be willing to change. You've got to be willing to take the constructive criticism and figure it out. I mean, for, for us, business owners are coming to us saying, what do I do with all this office space? I, I have, I had 50 employees and now we have six, you know, like everyone's working from home. What do we do? So, um, just like you said, you know, you got, you got to be willing to act, you know, um, it, it's, it's important because if you take the time to make the survey, to do the survey, someone takes the time to fill out the survey, and then it's it's like bubkiss. So, you know, what kind of leader do you want to be? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's just say you have an in-house person who maybe does the payroll or something. You know, it's an employee. 
um, of your company, your firm. Uh, how does a business owner decide to keep it that way or hire a company like yours? Yeah, I think, you know, because I support small and mid-sized businesses, I know that, you know, budget and bottom line is super important for them and they may be have limited funds to invest, you know, in having an experienced HR professional in-house, right? So that's why for them, outsourcing some of these functions really is a good option for them because the person that they put the fifth hat on, the office manager that they put the fifth or sixth hat on as here you go, now you can wear HR and they don't have any experience in California employment law yep. or how to handle some sensitive situations with employees. And it is a huge risk. It's a huge, huge risk. Even if you only have five people, all it takes is one disgruntled person to get litigious and sue you and it costs a lot of money. So it's, uh, I would say anytime you have somebody who is not an experienced HR pro in-house, consider outsourcing some of the functions. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be better for your business in the long run. I agree, I agree. Um, so our last question <clears throat> is kind of a funny question. Uh, returning to the office, um, I feel like across the board, no matter what your area of expertise is, everyone's wondering what is the workplace going to be like? physically, remotely, some people like to be remote, some people like to do both, the flexibility. Um, it's a burning question. What are some main considerations that you're advising your clients to do or not do? When, pre when preparing to bring people back to work? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot there to unpack. Uh, I think doing some uh, scenario-based analysis is going to be important. So really coming up with like a decision tree, I've kind of gone through this with clients. It's create a decision tree. So what do we do if this happens? And then if this happens, what do we do? So if somebody is symptomatic, what do we do? How do we long, how long did they stay home for? If they test positive then, and they were in close proximity with somebody what do we do with that person and how long do they quarantine? And so it's just this kind of ripple effect to avoid an outbreak. Um, there's a lot of things to consider. So it's just going through a scenario on how to keep people safe. It's obviously considering the workspace, right? Which you know, Lindy, like think about the space that you have, how much room do you have to keep people physically distanced? How do you need to restructure the physical workspace to keep people safe? And then a scenario-based process about what happens if people do get sick or if you're temperature testing, what to consider. So there's resources um, that I advise clients to go to, you know, including the CDC, um, the California Department of Public Health, which closely follows the CDC. And then you, they also have to consider local guidance and local orders. So there's, you know, several layers to it and things to consider. but Definitely having a plan, having a written plan, training those, training your people and your managers. And I think if you have enough people, create some type of a COVID task force. Like even if it's two people, 
to be able to say, all right, you're in charge of this. If this happens, you handle this. And so you, you're not doing it alone. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of companies have task force. Actually, that's, that's a great idea. Um, I've seen lots of emails come through and task force is like on their little title now. And it's a great place to go. It's a safe place to go. Yeah, and even if you're a small organization, you can literally have a task force, like I said, of two people. Yeah. Uh, it's just so you don't take it all on alone, uh, which I know a lot of us entrepreneurs love to do, but uh, yeah, it's involving your people, involving your employees, and do like what you did, Lindy, do a survey, you know, listen to your, your employees' concerns about coming back and what ideas they have to keep everybody safe too, so yeah. That's awesome. Um, well, thank you. Thank you for role playing with me. That was very fun. Yes. <laughs> and thank you for your time. Thank you for everything. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy because HR, I feel like is black and white, but it really is not. There's so much gray in between that helps you through the many layers and it's like an onion, you know, some of them smell bad and some of them taste good and some of them, you know, need to move around and be shifted and, and, um, it, it's, you, know, <laughs> you just compare me to an onion. <laughs> just, like, just like the layers of it though, the layers, yeah, of it, no, I you know, like, like some, some layers you, people don't want to deal with. And that, yeah. that is a strong suit. <laughs> I promise she doesn't smell like an onion. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, it's a just like you said, difficult conversations, difficult situations, new situations. Like this is all brand new. Like it's you know we're taking steps together to say, okay, uh, that worked. That kind of worked. But why don't we try it this way? A lot of changes. So. Thank oh yeah. Um, for all of you guys, listeners out there, uh, Maria has given us a lot to think about. Um, we can think of it from a human standpoint, from a business standpoint, um, which I like to integrate both because we are all human beings going to work. Um, and can you continue to be empathetic to your employees and your colleagues, your husband, wife, and kids, uh, strangers? Uh, you never know what people are going through. You never know what their family's going through. Uh, and if you think implementing a system for your business that performs anything we talked about today, please, please, please reach out to Maria. Um, and if, and if it's maybe something that that's not her specialty, she knows tons of people in her business that can, you know, make it perfect for you guys. So enjoy your day. Enjoy everything. Maria again. Thank you so much for coming, and this is the end of Level Up with me, Lindy P, and I'll see you for the next episode. Thanks, Lindy. Can I just say really quickly, if yeah. people want to find me, they can go to my website, which is humanagehr.com, or look me up, Maria Cordova, on LinkedIn. Perfect. This was fun. Thanks for having me. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Thanks, Maria.